Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. The grand final sprint has been run and won, thank God, that's what we all came to see. Uh, Of course, the season's over, so we can finally turn our attention to what matters, and that's trades. But we're going to do a retrospective of Stato's 22 under 22, as requested by the listeners. So uh, we'll get into that. But joining us, of course, uh, the biggest Robbie Williams fan I know, Jonathan Crockett. How are you, man? <laughs> yeah, rocking the pink suit and everything. Now, a bit of a shout-out to AFL. Now, we had the half halftime entertainment G Flip, I think. Like, I don't care for the entertainment. I don't watch it. I only watch it for the game. Now, I remember maybe five, six years ago, the halftime entertainment was the grand final sprint. Like, they had two or three heats, and then the grand, f- and then the final. Why do we, they not have it to show that anymore? Like, I want to watch that. Yeah, I don't know. Once halftime hits, I'm I'm outside. That's it. I don't watch the pregame. I don't watch. Yeah, I don't watch. Pre- yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. You know, kick, have a kick, a quick kick of the footy, and then once the bounce. It's the second half, back on the couch. So, scrap the entertainment. We don't need it. Who, who, um, I disagree, but that's okay. Uh, every, each to their own, Jono. But that's who true. did win the sprint? Hugo Ralsmith. Oh, good. And Leif Vandermeer second. I'm not sure who came third. It was either a Port or Geelong player. Fair enough. There you go. And, of course, he's joining us, the biggest Delta Goodrum fan in Australia, Stato. <laughs> How did you enjoy the grand final, man? Yeah, I sort of went to a bit of a work event that ended up being a bit of fizzler because we went to a pub that was just loaded with people, couldn't hear anything, half the crowd was screaming for the horse racing while the the footy was on other screens, Um, and it wasn't that enjoyable of a game, so it was a bit cramped, and yeah, so it wasn't fantastic, so I found myself at home at half-time and sort of doing a couple other things on the computer while the footy was on in the background because it was won and lost probably in the first five minutes. I actually went into the game thinking Geelong had pretty much uh, um, unbackable favourite um, and Swans just looked a bit nervy at the start. So if you watch the first five minutes again, you'll probably see that they were a bit shell-shocked early. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, just a couple of shout-outs. Uh, our man Hef uh, from the Keeper League, uh, he's running the Melbourne mar- uh, Half Marathon uh, this week. He's trying to raise some funny, uh, some funds for, I think, Beyond Blue. So uh, if you're following us, you're probably following him on Twitter, but he's at Hef underscore KL if you want to throw a couple shekels his way for running the 21.1. So good for him. And Bose and Pick7, my God. Mm. I'm watching. Mm. They've got three second round. We've got three second round picks. <laughs> Why can't they start with a couple of them? Yeah. Do you reckon a club would go, we'll take pick seven, but you can keep bows? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, because I'm looking at, I'm looking at how many players are just walking out of that club and there's like Elijah Holland's brothers coming through probably in that seven to 12 range. I'm like, wouldn't you just draft him and hope? You can keep a couple of these guys. Like, oh, maybe that's just me, but I don't. Anyway, so they don't, let's get on with the show. The historical 22 under 22. Run us through it and uh, let's get cracking. Yeah, absolutely. I just need to make one more comment. Uh, I think very well organized by the three of us that when we're teeing up this weekend's uh, recording, we all ensured that we we're unavailable when Cam was available to record. So well organised, boys. Congratulations. Great team effort. Let's face it, he would have been unbearable. I was going to say, it's been the most unbearable show and we probably all would have just walked out after five minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I, I did give him the uh, the old uh, enjoy, Cam. Um, that was about the extent of the congratulations went to him. and He wouldn't have done too much work to create that premiership. But being a fan, a Cats fan, as we all know, the only players he talks about, uh, we do wish and hope that he had a wonderful time watching his Catters get up. All right, so we're going to uh, look back in history. Um, we'll just give a little bit of um, detail of how this uh, famous pod come about. So 
Uh, it's a bit of a uh, Simpsons Steve Allen moment. Um, unless you're Steve Allen, you're stealing my bit. Because Footy Rhino used to have uh, his own podcast. Uh, and done the 22 under 22 uh, format previously. But it was all done on their individual views of the players. So the uh, the old John O'Gut feel, this is uh, who's going to be a superstar. Um, and yes, it had a, a fantasy relevance, but it was also these are going to be the best players in the competition leading forward. Um, unfortunately, Footy Rhino's podcast did finish around that 2017 mark. Um, so at the end of the, the 2018 season, I just put a bit of a, a call out to Footy Rhino and said, hey, I used to love that podcast. Do you mind if we have a crack? Uh, and I wanted to do a little bit different. So being fantasy lovers and data-based, want to build a, um, a model where we just use the data. So that's where Stato's secret formula come about. Um, so the first one we ever did was at the end of 2018, and that's the list we're actually going to go through. Um, and what we'll do, we'll start from the, the 22 and move all the way up to number one. And um, we'll let the boys pass their thoughts of whether they've been a hit and the way we're going to grade whether that selection's been a hit is if in the 2023 season, you'll be happy to pick them up in your first 120 picks in a startup keeper league. Uh, a miss uh, would be whether they end up on the waiver wire or in fact being delisted themselves, of course, um, or you would delist them from your keeper squad. Um, and then a maybe, which may be a slow burn, haven't proved their point yet. And then we'll ask the boys as well to give us a bit of a draft range. So looking retrospective, uh, going back uh, almost five years ago, here's Stato's 22 under 22. At number 22 is Jack Bowes. Um he uh, had only played 27 games uh, at that stage and uh, along with pick seven, he's going to probably find himself a new home this year. Jono, where do you think he sits? Hit, miss, maybe? And where do you reckon his draft range is? Oh, he's got to be a miss now that considering all the injuries they had at the Gold Coast this year, he couldn't really lock down his role in that team. So he was playing VFL. Uh, for most of the year, he probably would have been a hit slash maybe if he was consistently playing, but um, he's a miss. He's out the door, so you'd be dra uh, drafting him real late, depending on where he goes next year. But he'll have that name brand, so someone might even actually reach for him. I've probably got a different point of view, but I want to hear from the biggest Gold Coast fan, uh, <laughs> lifelong uh, Steve, your thoughts on Jackie. Yeah, he's fine. Look, he's a, he's a good scorer. Um, I think people are salivating at Jack Bowes a little bit too much on Twitter. Um, yeah, probably location matters a heap. Uh, mm. I, I think just the whole thing about the, the trade is just... I, I don't think it kills Gold Coast in the long run or anything. I know we're talking about fantasy, but I don't think it kills Gold Coast. But just the fact that they have to give away a top 10 pick to get rid of a local who came through the academy is just disgusting yeah. to me. I cannot... And 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 so locally come from the suburb of Cairns. Yeah. You know, Eskos, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be quite honest with you, I, I think he needs to be in the category of maybe because uh, right club, right role, he's actually going to be a hit. And I reckon mm. he's going to be one of the, the great values next season, unless there's that shitty little too much hype about him where he goes a bit earlier than what he could or should. Has there been any clubs that have shown interest in him or it's just like he wants out? Oh, no, there'd be clubs very interested. It just all depends because of the, I think there's a two-year financial contract uh, with ah. him that is back-ended and quite high. But... Um, what they'll probably do is offer him a four or five year deal and smooth the contract over. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, there's a commonality between a lot of these misses. Uh, and we'll talk, about, <laughs> I guess we'll talk about it a little bit later. Let that one breathe a little bit. Yeah. 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 No, that's fair call. Cool. So moving on to 21, 
And at the time, he was a slow burn, but he's no longer. So we know the answer for Callum Mills at 21. Yeah, you're picking him first round in a keeper, probably top 20 picks, absolutely. Redraft, yeah, first round for sure. Yeah, and when you think about it, so relying on data and that uh, Isaac Heaney slap Mills move to the midfield discussion that was there for three, four years, Mills is the one that's made the move. But at this time, so the end of the 2018 season, he'd played 51 games and only given us two tonnes at that time. So we knew he was good. We just didn't know how good he was going to be. They're so patient in their player development, aren't they, at the Swans? Yeah, and that really paid off yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, wow. hey, look, if Chad you're not... was probably their BOG. If you're not going to pick Logan McDonald, that was the... You've lost the match at selection, I'm afraid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, moving on to, to number 20 and a case, another slow burn, and uh, especially with the... Um, Salary cap formats. He'd won the promise so much for a long time, but just hadn't really delivered. Um, and at the time, he was a forward mid, and that's Darcy Parrish. Yeah, he's certainly gone to, on to be a hit now. You're probably taking him second, third round. Uh, thereabouts. I mean, there has been, he has been up and down. He was a bit of a pig. Was it this year or last year where he just went on a tear of six weeks? Yeah, last year, last year is where he just sort of kicked in. So we've been waiting for it for a long, long time. And this is where you have your slow burns, isn't it? So your mm. Callum Mills, your Darcy Parrish were really slow burns and had burnt salary cappers for many a year. But this is in that keeper or dynasty format. Sometimes you need to stick fat with those and mm. wait till they get the role. So both Mills and Parrish didn't explode until they got the midfield time and and Parrish was just purely, there were too many injuries in that Essendon midfield. And come Anzac Day um, in 2021, he smashed out a 150, just exploded out of the blocks. Yeah, it's all about roll. Moving on to number 19, and I'm very interested to see what everyone's thoughts are because there'll be a bit of debate about this one. But this was on the back of his first ever season, played 17 games in the forward line. Showed us a bit of scoring power, and that's Jaden Stevenson. So he would have started off as a bit of a maybe, I reckon, and then turned into a hit, and then he's yeah. <laughs> and then turned into a miss. So, but then he, yeah, but then he's come back around, and he showed a little bit as a bit of a maybe again at the back end of this year. So, and he could of... have been a miss just because of the long sleeve criteria with Clarkson, but what's <laughs> happened over the last week may put him back in the maybe as well. He That's may right. be able to wear the long sleeves. Well, it's all going to come down to roll with him. Is he going to be that winger? Or is he going to be that small sort of half-forward guy? I mean, people take a fly on him. I don't think he's a top 120 pick, but he's... Sort of at the back end of your draft as a lottery lottery picket, a lottery ticket, I think. Although you've also got the potential model of being Aaron Hall's replacement on the half back line, despite his very uh, hard working defensive efforts. Yeah, that, that's what you want him playing off half back. That's the that's the move. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm with Jono. You're happy to take the chance, see how it works out, uh, and, and go from there. You're not reaching for him, though, are you? No. no. He's just he's just there at the back, at the end of the draft. It's like, oh, I need to fill a forward or defender role, whatever his position's going to be, and just plonk him in. And then you just use the waiver wire later on. 120 keepers, so a 12 keepers in a 10-team league. Are you holding on to Jaden Stevenson? No. It depends on where you are in terms of your team. The, the interesting part, and maybe... There's a bigger subject later on. Is is when we look at hindsight with Collingwood, with the three they moved on that year, which come with such fanfare um, of whether they got it right, wrong, or fifty fifty. But um, we'll, we'll see what happens there with the passing of time. So I might move on to to number eighteen, and this was back on his first nine games. 
Um, and I think he might be lifting up the scales a little bit now. It's Tim English. Well, he'd be probably... If he's ruck forward, he's potentially first round, second round. He's on the turn somewhere around there, potentially. Yeah, he's... he's I'm, I'm with you. I know he's... I, I don't even think with the forward status. I, I'd, I'd be... Oh, yeah. Yeah, quite comfortably in the top 120. Yeah. Um, he was a bit of a... Bit of a slow burn, but he's come good. Not sure about a redraft and, league. He's probably going to get drafted most leagues after, say, Gorn and potentially Romar and and those guys. So it'll be interesting to see in redraft. I could imagine him going in a few different slots. There is a world where he's clearly R one next year. Yeah, and, sure. And yeah. So if Grundy does go to Melbourne and and Gorn's effectively more of a a, a forward ruck, um. That uh, that Western Bulldogs do get Rory Lobb as that forward and pinch hit in ruck to to give Tim English a bit of a break. Steph Martin off the list and St Kilda secure uh, a ruck more than a, a forward ruck, um, and then Romar's all of a sudden spending more time up forward than he is as a as a permanent R one. Tim English can be clearly the number one ruckman in the competition. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think Cam had him in his top 10 last week. So, Well, there you go. Who? Yeah, the other guy. Um, yeah, had him at nine. I had I had Roma. I'm pretty comfortable with that. We'll see what moves they make, but yeah. Yeah. Because St Kilda are those Jack Bowes clubs. I mean, if, if they absorb that salary, I can't imagine them being able to pick up too many dudes. No, but I, I, I've heard uh, Leek, Meek. 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 And Meek's a, a ruckman, not a yeah. forward ruck. Yeah. I've so heard Hawthorne pretty, pretty keen on Meek. Yeah, a few are, actually. Mm. Stocks are up. Um, so moving on, number 17, uh, a player that had a, uh, a second-year breakout, was a little bit slower in his third. This was the back of 40 games. He'd had three tons as a defender, but a really high-scoring uh, second year. Ryan Burton. He's not a miss, and he's not a hit. Well, he's back in flavour. You would have dropped him off, but you would have picked him back up. Yeah. He, he, he's probably just the maybe for me. Like, he's not going in the first 12 rounds these days, but you'd be happy to have him on your list. It's not his ability, it's purely his body, isn't it? So it's just the injuries have taken the toll of where he sits fantasy-wise. Yeah, I think he... Yeah. I'm with Jono. He's right on that cusp for me. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a vanilla pick that you just have there as a list filler. Like, you're, not, you're probably not holding him. Like, he had a, a Hansel year where yeah, everyone he, was saying, he's so hot right now. Mm. And after that, it's just been, oh, yeah, he's... Uh, He's my D5, D6, and that was about it. That, yeah, that's right. Mm. All right, number 16. Interesting to see where <laughs> this one lands. Uh, Cam Rayner. Oh, damn. He Can you believe in... that he was on this after playing 22 games yes. so long ago? Because I remember how good he was early doors. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he had the role of the upside because Brisbane were just terrible. And then... Yep. Two tons, in. two tons in his first year. Yeah, he laid tackles. He was everywhere. I, I can't see. I don't. They get Dunkley. That's such bad news. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and for Zach Bailey too. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be. I'm putting him now as a miss. Wow. He's missed. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Wow, wow. All right, number yeah. fifteen. Um, who are? Andrew McGrath. Miss. <laughs> he's wow. too nice. As he's Get out. Like, he's just a good, solid wow. footballer. At the time, he was a defender. Yeah. yeah. Three tons in his first 38 games. He did have that breakout year in the midfield. Trying to think when that was. It might have been 2020. Was it the... No. That's what I'm thinking too far back. I was thinking Drug Saga, if he was there then. 
No, 2020 was the the year that he got in the midfield and Cam was and a few others were really hot on him. I think he averaged around that 100 mark, might have been 98 to 100, mm-hmm. um, but he was around that mark. And then he was one of the few players that got the injuries in 2021 that gave Darcy Parrish the opportunity. So I'd have him as a maybe. Just a bit of a slow burn. He's not going to be great, but he'll, he'll get you some scores. Straight up miss. Wow. <laughs> so you're delisting him and just get rid of him. <laughs> Don't want <laughs> <laughs> Show me where Andy McGrath hurts you, Steve. Show me. <laughs> <laughs> point, point out where he hurts you. Well, if he doesn't have that uh, defender status, I just don't care. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Is he going to get that back? Did he play enough this year? Maybe, maybe 50 50. 50 50, I'd say. 50 50? 50 50. 50 50. All right, next one, number 14. Uh, the suitcase himself, Hugh McLeodge. Absolute hit. Slow burn turn to hit. Yeah, yeah, hit, hit, hit. I reckon this is. If they get Dunkley. He won't do this year What's... again. Oh wow! So where would you just? So let's let's say they get Dunkley. Yep. Um, where are you drafting Hugh McClucky? Oh, that's a good question. I don't. I don't have to look up where he sits. Um, he probably averaged hundred this year. I had him across the board this year. Mm. Hundred and six was his average, wasn't it? It was around that mark. Oh yeah, I will say hundred six, but he probably drops ten points back to a mid nineties guy. Mid to low nineties, yeah. To crush any upside, mm. yeah. I'd, I'd, okay. I just think Hugh McCluggage is one of those players. People say you had a bunch of guys in that tier, they'd gravitate towards him. I reckon he's the sort of player fantasy players love. Um, and I'm okay with missing him in whatever sort of hundred and six range that is. Because I just feel like he's probably going to come back to maybe a hundred. I don't think he falls off a cliff. Too good. Mm. Okay, still rosterable, but yeah. Okay, moving on to number thirteen, and it's hard to believe now, but this guy was a real slow burn, uh, and it was more mm. on time on ground, um, and that's the rationale and the reason. But at thirteen was Andrew Brayshaw. Yeah, certainly a slow burn, but now he's probably top five pick as a hit. Really? He's still yeah. under 22, 22 under 22. He'll be all right. He'll be good for the next, yeah. I don't even think he was that, like, he had forward status when he took one of those jumps. Yeah. Yeah, so he was he was locked and loaded the whole way for mine. That was on the back of his first season, 17 games, low time on ground, but he did give us one ton. Yeah. So it's weird to think that his first year average was sixty six. Yeah, he he could be. Um, yeah, he'd be pro- probably close to a top five pick in a startup keeper. I would have thought. Mm. Close mm. to. Um, next one, number twelve. Uh, interesting because this is a, just a real line ball, um, and whether it's body, uh, other opportunities, all that type of stuff. But uh, Jacob Hopper, where are we sitting with Jacob? Depending on where it goes, he's probably, if he stayed at GWS, he's probably a miss and you're getting rid of him. But now he's a maybe for me. Probably, yeah, to, probably, yeah, he's, yeah, he's in that range with McGrath for me where it's like in a keeper, you might have to keep him because if you're a bit light on for mids, because you know what he's going to do. But I don't, uh, I don't know. I'm not a huge rap. Yeah. He's he's sort of bad. I think he's a better football player than he is fantasy player because he's that sort of inside bull. But at his best, he's a ninety to ninety-five mid. Would that be fair? Yeah. Oh, that's the very best too. Better, wow. better super okay. coach player. Ah, right. Yes. Okay. All right, fan. Good to see. Uh, moving on to <laughs> to number eleven. Now, now it's amazing that. This player, now we look back, we're probably a little bit surprised how far up he was. But 
In his first 44 games, he gave us five tonnes as a key forward, which is just quite remarkable. And that's Charlie Curno. Yeah, he looks sick it's coming out. It's amazing mm. what happens when you get your body right or grow into your body. He's an absolute... For AFL fantasy, I don't know if he's going to be a hit. He's, again, he's probably more your super coacher yeah. than your AFL fantasy. But he's definitely still a... He's still holding him. Well, his second year, so you're talking key forward, his second year he averaged 77. That is easily fieldable in your forward mm. line. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the thing with these those guys who are going to hold forward status is they're going to, like, you'll hold them because you need a forward, but they're going to finish as an F3. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, all right, number 10. So we get to the top 10 now. And uh, I think moving forward, we might have a higher ratio of misses in the top 10 than we <laughs> did the the previous 12. But uh, starting off with the, the top 10, um, role dependent, of course, uh, after his first 35 games, he'd given us uh, four tonnes uh, as a midfield-only player, and that's Jared Berry. Yeah, definite slow burn, and I think... With if Dunkley and Ashcroft coming in, it probably it's sort of similar to McCluggage. It caps him, like he won't get as much mid time. Like when he played inside mid there for those final series, he was on fire. Dynamite, yes, yeah, on fire. So do they push him out to a wing? Do they push him out in back in defence? Sort of like a a Liam Baker role. It's hard to know. It's hard to know, but he's probably capped. It's really weird club list management sometimes where they go and pay a lot more to get a player from another club when they potentially already have the solutions within their list. So you're looking for extra midfields for for Brisbane and they're holding back Jared Berry. Um, You talk about uh, Essendon went on this uh, midfield recruiting period to get a, an inside mid for a long period of time. So they got Dylan Shield that tried to get Dunkley when they had Darcy Parrish on the list the whole time. So it's, it's actually quite interesting. I'm, and, and Western Bulldogs have been great at this, of going, let's find another halfback flanker, even though we've got 12 of them. Mm. Yeah. So mm. always interesting. Um, your thoughts on Jared Berry, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, his um his versatility kills him. Yeah. So. All right, n- number nine. Um, now this was after his first year, but his second year he floated even higher on the list because Tom Mitchell was injured. But his first year played nine games, gave us a ton, started quite well, <clears throat> got the forward status, and then smashed it out the following year. It's James Warple. Now, we've had hit, missed, and maybe. We just need like a tombstone. Yeah. Unless he goes to... Oh, that's the thing. Like, if he goes somewhere, where's he going? That's good. He's like an inside mid. Not many... Yeah, there's not... two things. If people leave Hawthorne, like Tom Mitchell and Co, does that... Yeah. So the last time Mitchell wasn't available when he broke his leg, that's where Warple averaged 95. As a second-year player, mind you. No, no way. Because they've got yep. they've replaced him already and the game style's different. He's cooked. And yep. he, he's when we look at the guys who miss, they're outside players, all outside players. So they're all relying on the outside ball. This guy's the, the difference. It's just because he's not good. Yeah. Disposal's the concern, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Okay, moving on to number eight. Uh, first 29 games, he gave us four tons. He's been in and out with Ford status previously. He's now a premiership player, but is golf run. <laughs> yeah. Keepable. He had more touches as the sub than two other players for the Cats. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Rowan was one of them. I, I still like him because he's that in he can play inside. Yeah. There's, there's been times when like a, 
Selwood or say Danger was a laid out, he does get that role and he just crushes. I just absolutely remember Selwood being a laid out. And I was just like, oh, Puff is going to benefit this and just bet, put like 10 bucks or something on him for over 25 disposal. He had it at half time. Like, absolutely crushed it. I, I think this might have been the podcast that created Golf Run. Yeah, right. More than likely. Yeah, I, I like him. Lays tackles, kicks goals, good team. I find it. He's got to be best 22. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the, and, his but you body, look at, and his body as well. You look at some of these guys, like, look at Took Miller, right? He's not even on this list. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Cause he, he didn't have the role, but it was like, I, I remember tweeting it out like in 2018 or something, man. If this guy gets freed up, he's going to explode. And just sometimes yeah, that's, that's a, it's a slow burn effect. I'll, I'll look at the, yep. and this is where I'm looking at these outside guys going, why are we hanging on to these guys who are just so capped when the inside guys, okay, you might have to just stick with them on the bench for a little bit. But once it happens, it happens. Yeah. Amazing. All right, moving on to number seven. And uh, I was making some pretty big statements back in the day saying he's the next Grundy. Uh, his first 13 games gave us uh, two tons, which is quite remarkable. Um, I don't know if he's delivered everything he can, and that's Sean Darcy. Probably, again, a super coacher. Uh, but you're holding him, aren't you? He's a slow oh, he can burn. go massive. He can go <laughs> massive. Yeah, he's been a slow burn. What's What's Jackson's impact for him? Moving to Geelong when they want him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? I don't think it's going to impact it too much. Like, well, what's Jackson's role going to be? Similar to what he's got now at Melbourne, that ruck forward hybrid. Because Darcy can't play forward. It can't be good, man. It can't be good. No. But you need to stick with him, don't you? Yeah, if you, you own him. And you do. Oh, absolutely. Do. Absolutely. R- Ruck is so confusing right now. Was this year, and I think we've got another 12 months of confusion. Mm. Anyway, uh, number six, um, looking for a new home. We think we've found his new home. Uh, I don't know if it's the best home to go to, but first 32 games, uh, he gave us seven tonnes. Timmy Taranto. Massive here. Yeah. 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 No doubt. Um, I, I will say, though, is he capped like other Richmond midfielders moving forward? Oh, he takes over. If he takes over that dusty role, he'll be, he'll, be, he'll be fine. He won't be capped. If someone's got to still score points. Mm. Yeah, I'm reasonably okay with him because he's so inside-outside. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on to number five. Um, Dossie will be salivating right now. Um, Ten tonnes out of his first 24 games, which is just absolutely remarkable. His problem is he needs to find another club where he can be best 22. So we may say miss right now, but there's a chance that um, he could be a massive hit for next year, and that's Braden Fiorini. You go, sir. Well, I mean, it's probably not great if he ends up at Collingwood, is it? Yeah, it's it's interesting because obviously that's all the talk at the moment. I've got him similar to James Warple. Probably the game's gone past him. Oh, wow. No. What what does Fiorini do? Is he Taylor Adams 2.0 just accumulates? Like, big deal. He doesn't kick goals. He lays a couple of tackles, sure, but... I'm not really that impressed with him. Oh, yeah. Harsh words from John O'Crockett. Yeah, it's interesting. Why not? Like Collingwood, is it? You know, the. I mean, Taylor Adams is starting to look. Oof. Yeah. Okay, but there's also if, players, if you're in, there's also, if, he's also one of those players that he's too good for the VFL, but he's not quite AFL standard. And there's plenty of them across the board. Yeah, like Shacky and all that, like. He could. He's one of these players in your draft or in your keeper list, where he might um, make your season, but he won't 
he won't lose your season. He's like, um, I reckon he's okay for Collingwood because he fits their age. Like they got so many old dudes who are about to go. A lot of young guys. They don't seem to have a heap of uh, guys in that twenty five, twenty six. Like a heap, mm. I mean. Mm. Um, so if he needs to fill out midfield minutes, that's fine. And I don't think disposal kills you heaps in that system. Like as long as you're moving the ball forward and able to put some pressure on, um, they'll probably live with poor disposal. I'd, I'd suggest. I, I don't know. I'm, to me, he's like he's fuck. It's fair, and you know what he's going to do. If he plays, he'll probably score, and if he doesn't, he won't. So. <laughs> if he doesn't, he might. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> From the school, the the prime minister, no, the uh, the principal of the the school of the bleeding obvious there. Um, so moving on, <laughs> moving on to to number four. Now this this is just <laughs> freaking amazing because I remember this player in two thousand eighteen very clearly because he was in my salary cap team for the majority of the second half of the season. And for those punters, I'm sure they may have heard the story before. Uh, I was one um, half volley away from winning the car in AFL (laughs) Fantasy. We can tell you the extended version some other time. Um, But this player at this time uh, had had 16 tonnes, five scores over 120 out of his first 44 games. That is just remarkable stats. Um, we're talking, and you're just not going to get this person, so I'm just going to say it. It's Tom Phillips. Yeah. Mm. He's Jimmy. He's, he's Jim Warple. area. He's Tombstone. He's not even on list, a list. Yeah, not even on a list. <laughs> it's just remarkable. Life comes at you pretty Brighton. fast. <laughs> Doesn't it? it it's, it? It's just astounding that... Um, someone that was, um, you know, well, just Isaac going Smith so 2.0, well. wasn't it? And then just for whatever yeah. reason, just. Well, there's two it. real reasons for this. He had a tank, but he didn't have enough pace to really be on the outside. Mm. Um, and probably didn't have good enough skills. So he was solid without being. And you're talking about Fiorini. He's. Probably a similar type player. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Ironically, Tom, Tom Phillips, um, right club, right time, could be a fantastic role player. Yeah. Unfortunately, but anyway, what are we doing yeah. in the Diamond Valley League? <laughs> <laughs> but data's remarkable. So you're, you're talking first 44 games, you've got 16 tons and five scores over 120. Remarkable. I can't believe Jono's um, having shots at the Diamond Valley League. God, they're yeah. tough boys out there. <laughs> toughest, toughest league in the competition. Don't show your face. We might send it around uh, those uh, Diamond Valley clubs. Just give it's all right. It's all right. Time. I'm with Optus. I've you been see- hacked, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to number three, um, another one of these players. It just made such a good impression. Early 14 tons out of his... Uh, 38 games and was holding forward status. Oh, froze. Um, and oh, no. He's gone full Tom Phillips, just frozen up. <laughs> Tom Phillips was up there. Josh Darwin has just cut the cord. Oh, there he's back. He's back. You froze up, mate. Oh, did I f- yep. freeze? Okay, so uh, it probably recorded me A-OK, but I'll say it again so you guys can. Uh, number three is one of those players that had a, another brilliant start to his career, 14 tonnes in his first 38 games, as well as holding forward status and in his third season average 94. It's Josh Dunkley. Uh, if he holds forward status and gets to Brisbane, he's probably your number one pick, maybe, in a, he's t- top five in a startup keeper. Start. Yeah, I don't think he's got forward status. I, th- I think he's mid over. Yeah, I think he'll be first rounder. In in your redraft, he'll be very close to being. He'll, people will speak about him as a potential number one pick option. I think. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Massive hit, no doubts about that one. Uh, next one, um, I think everyone thought this guy 
should have, would have, and could have been a massive hit. Um, 29 games as a defender had given us six tons and four 120 scores. So uh, ceiling without a question, best 22's been an issue ever since this list come out, to be honest. Average 91 uh, in his second season of football. That's Alex Witherden. Miss, isn't it? I mean, in your job title as a defender, <laughs> and you don't do that? <laughs> Yikes. But I think we all at the time were looking at him going, yeah, he's long-term D1. Yeah. Yeah, we all thought he was Daniel Rich, uh, basically his protege, wasn't he? Just waiting yeah. in the wings. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. In the job title, defend, but doesn't do it. Doesn't yeah. doesn't hit the key position criteria, John. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, he's a miss, but you never know. Um, see what happens at uh, to West Coast. There are, I think, Jackson Nelk, Nelson's already been delisted. Mm-hmm. You got Shannon Hearn. Um, I think he's going around one more year, but there are spots available in that defensive line. So see what happens, mate. Um, but there are obviously some areas of his game that are concerned because he hasn't been best 22 at two clubs now. Um, so that's always a worrying sign. Do you look at these guys like and like him and Fiorini and they just seem to have nothing remarkable about them other than their ball-winning ability? Yeah, um, correct. And even some of these guys who the, the Suns have lost over the years, like, there's nothing like like look at Jared Lyons. He'll he'll be out of that midfield next year, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, it was the worst move ever, and like they got pretty close. But to like, if you just one pace, not remarkable. I don't yep. know. Is that harsh? No, no, no. Well, that's one pace and don't do as well as is their defensive efforts. And Josh Dunkley is he's a pretty good defensive player. You can you can have players that that aren't um, extreme in pace, but they've got to excel at something else. So you look at Sam Mitchell; um, was always thought to be a slow player, but he wasn't slow in mind. Scott Pendlebury is exactly the same thing. So they very smart, generally very good users can get away with having um, a pace issue. But if you're not an elite kick. Um, and you and Dossie will throw for Fiorini his data and try and share it against someone else. There's a there's a difference from a Dusty Martin who executes the extremely hard kick that actually sets up their team for a scoring win, rather than a player that's just kicking 15 meters to someone that's loose. Yeah, because it's a safe option. Because you're actually not creating anything for the team. You're just giving the defense time to cover someone else. Anyway, let's move on to number one. Um, this data did not lie. It's 100% correct. 23 tonnes out of his 30, first 56 games, including 1,120 scores. Um, quite remarkable. And a great draft selection surprise pick three at the time is Clayton Oliver. Yeah, massive hit. Um, how old is he now? About 26, 27. So uh, he is, he'll be 26 next year, so he's 25 now. Okay, so he's still got good value left in him for a start-up keeper. He'd be up there with Josh Dunkley in that area first round, maybe get him at the start of the second round. I think he's a top three pick. Okay. Really? Yeah, he is. Fair enough. He's just solid as a rock. You just you know he's a one ten plus midfielder. Mm. Fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. Where does he rank in super coach? Much higher. He'd yeah, top yeah, he's three. Stone Cold Locking. Yeah. He was like hundred and twenty, yeah. he averaged like one twenty, which is the top top averages this year. There we go. Well, there's the retrospective. So we did have a few uh, misses there, including a few players that actually aren't on lists anymore. Um, <laughs> but uh, but down, the, down the bottom end, um, certainly the, the indicators of early career form did have some absolute superstars at, at the bottom end of that. And 
Um, we'll use the line that they use in superannuation. Um, past results uh, are not a definite indicator of future results. Mm. Mm. It's true. So mm. true. So true. So true. Um, and so what we might do, um, so each year as we set a new list, we'll actually go back four years and uh, recoup. So the uh, 22 under 22 will break into having two formats, setting uh, the 22 for the following season and then reviewing four seasons ago uh, a couple of weeks afterwards. There you go. Stay to set it here first. This will be the last time we uh, do the show. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually enjoyable. Yeah. No, that is good. It's always good to... Um, I always love uh, reading what people wrote about drafts, like who won the draft, but like in the past. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that guy. <laughs> you know, just people who just got it. That's why they played now, the straightest bat of all time and everyone won. <laughs> <laughs> now, just I, I do need to um, just to highlight, Steve, that uh, we did a mock draft um, through the Keeper League and we actually then put it to the vote to the people and Steve spent a lot of time uh, on his own burners but also <laughs> spreading his family and friends to vote for him and he had 16 times more votes than the rest of everyone else combined. And just to clarify, uh, because that was all about whether he won his draft, uh, Steve won the wooden spoon in that. No one did any of his changes throughout the whole year. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, we did have some Twitter questions, of course, uh, regarding this one. Surly, uh, how many years do I need to wait for your, our, my favourite team to win the grand final? And is the answer next year? <laughs> Get it's on board. next year. Get on board. I'm not sure it is. We're taking a fair bit of weight off our shoulders with having things like pick seven in our future. Oh, God, I can't believe it. <laughs> did you ever go, did you ever read that article Mark McGowan wrote about that 2017 crop and the, the Gold Coast tax and how they just signed everyone to like they, those four to like half million dollar deals? Yeah. It seems like they're finally just biting the bullet and getting past that. Yeah. So it might just be a couple of years of crap and then reset. So hopefully. It, it, it's it's funny with those things, though. There's some point that you've actually got to make a stand. So to build something, that you've, especially when it feels like you're coming from a long way back, you have to do something. So obviously that's – I know they're paying a little bit of tax for it now, but um, – the, the reality is it's set a better platform. Yeah, and Black Dog, top five worst draft selections you already know you're going to make next year. Oof. Hunter Clark, come on down. Guy Simpkin. Yeah. Uh, I just wonder if I fall into the Jordan Goey trap when he's, when he's actually sitting there at, you know, the 13th round going, can he get back to 110 average? Rainer's another one. Josh Kelly. Rainer. Jake Stringer. Josh Kelly, yeah. The, Jake Stringer. No, I just couldn't never do that. I'm terrified of what's going to happen with pipes up there. Right. As in defensive game plan. Richmond model. Richmond model. Yeah. Just look at Collingwood, man. They went from like top two to the arse end of the league. Mm. So. And their performance reflected. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the trade-off, isn't it? Yeah. Poor fantasy game, you get close to a granny. What do you, you want to win? Um, win your mate's fantasy game or, you know, be in the challenge for a, a real AFL premiership? Well, I'm, I'm taking one. the Hinkley Option model. Option one all day long. The Hinkley model. Just the Hinkley model. Get your fantasy <laughs> scores right up. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Pack and send. Thoughts on McInerney, Windhager, Amiss, Lockie Jones, Peddler. Peddler mm. is a hold. He's a, probably a slow burn, maybe. The only one I'll be hot long term is Windhager. He looks mm. very good early. Very good. Um, McInerney, he's just Plotting. too far behind a lot of good players. 
There you go. And the Nuffington Post, how cooked a north for next year? <laughs> we'll, oh, we, we ne- well, we need to see what happens with the list because I think there's, by the sound of it, there's going to be a lot of changes. So let's see where the list lands. I, I, one thing we need to note, look how bad Collingwood looked last year. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think we were sitting here last year going, man, teams don't win the spoon twice in a row. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it feels all doom and gloom right now, but things can change quickly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They can. That's all the and, questions. And, and I will say that to add to that, I, I thought West Coast, they needed a lot of, a lot of luck. They needed everyone available, which didn't even come close, and they got smashed late with COVID compared to the rest of the country. But I thought West Coast were another crack at finals for 2020. Yeah. And by round four, they were so far off it, it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Well, they end up with a percentage in the 50s, didn't they? Something like that, yeah. Well, I didn't start off on the right foot when the uh, Superior Coast... Went into their house <laughs> and said no. Yes, yes, and and I, I must admit, I've, I've been one of these people waiting for Geelong to fall off the cliff. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people, been in that boat. To be honest, mm. yeah. Oh. Anyway, there you go. There it is. Mm. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's uh, the intrigue, the rumor, the scandal that all comes to, that all gets solved in the last thirty minutes of trade period. Monday, yeah, sixty-nine deals done. Let's get it yeah. going. I actually looking forward to reviewing the trade period. It's it's. I think it's going to be one of the biggest ones we've had in quite some time. I've never seen anything like it. At this point, it'd be quicker just to swap the club names. Yeah. <laughs> well, great catching up with you, and I hope the listeners enjoyed that one. All right. We'll see and you. if they didn't, oh, bad luck. That's a shame. <laughs> all right, we'll see you all next week. Not sure what the show is, but we'll get there. I'm in Melbourne, so who knows? Mm-hmm. See you.